Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today is June 15 and we got some... I think it's exciting. I mean, the, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. The BMW stuff at the end, I, I, we're going to like, I think. But I think we got to start off with Polestar again. Um, last week, we were talking about Polestar. And we'll talk a little bit more about Polestar this week. Because they gave us a, a few more drawings here of the new Polestar family. Uh, what's missing in this family is our beloved Polestar 1. Um, so we don't see that. But there is a Polestar 2 on the left, a Polestar 3, a vehicle that's under covers, and then the Polestar 5 on the right. So the Polestar 2, we already know what that is. It's basically the sedan version of the XC40 uh, that's currently out. We've seen some Polestar 2s on a road, pretty normal. Uh, the Polestar 3 we talked a little bit about last week, it's their SUV, uh, but in this, because it's parked right next to a Polestar 2, we can really see just how much bigger it is and how sloped that rear end is. Mm -hmm. It's actually very coupe-esque, and it's actually really, really nice. Yeah, uh, the, it's very wide. It is very wide, and it's, it's kind of like, stubby. <laughs> I think it's wider in its looks because of the higher ground clearance as well as the lower roof line. Yeah, it looks it looks cool. Like it's very uh yeah, I like the short overhangs. Um it proportionally looks smaller than what I previously thought just looking at this picture. Yeah. But of course the Postar 3, um, some might not know, it's, it's actually going to be underpinning the next XC90 as well. That's going to come uh, sometime in 2024. So this is going to foresee a lot of the new Volvo products as well. And if we move over to the Postar 4, the one that's actually under cover, we're, we're going to call it the 4. Of course, there's nothing that actually says it is. But that one's going to be the smaller SUV. In the picture, it actually almost looks like a hatchback. Yeah, it's the same height in the picture as the two and the five. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little taller than the five, but it's basically Marginal. the same as a two. It's, yeah, the two is the same height. Yeah, so it's supposed to be the new smaller or compact SUV. Uh, kind of think of it as like the XC60, but it's going to come out as a coupe variant only, or at least for now or at the beginning. It's going to be built in China. And it just, it looks really small. It looks basically the same as a Postar 2. Mm -hmm. I think right? it, hopefully this is going to be like a good Model Y competitor. Um, well, we're the talking about Postar the three. 3 is, should be the, the Model Y competitor. That's what their marketing is. I think the 3, they were talking about how the MSRP is slightly, not slightly Maybe higher. It's like... 10 to 15k us higher than the base y mm. so they do need something lower uh you know to get that market yeah and the y is the base y is not cheap anymore the base no. you know that's that's an 80k car now so if this is if the three is 10k over uh, a base y it's, it's up there it's in the six figures mm -hmm. where they need something you know, 60, 70K-ish, I think, which, which may be the four. Maybe the four. 
And then they have the five. The Pulsar Five is an all-electric four-door GT vehicle. Should be around 2024 is when we get it. But if we're looking at the photo of the uh, Polestar 5, you can see this online if you just search Polestar 5. The rear has no window. <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> there's no window there. It, it looks like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a camera or whatever, but like there's literally no window in the back. Huh. It's super weird. The roof is glass, though. Yeah, you, you can totally tell that the you roof can is see so the car behind you if yeah. you tippy toe. Like, <laughs> like you just have to have to scoot your butt up on the seat and be able to look backwards to see kind of what's going on. But you know the main area, it's just blocked that by the trunk wild. area. Um, I mean, okay, Postar is still Volvo, right? You know, safety is a concern. Maybe, you know, they're thinking, okay, if I don't put a window in the back, if you get hit in the rear, you won't get shards of glass in your face. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it might be lighter. It might help with fuel economy. And you know what? A camera-based rearview mirror in some ways actually is better because it's at the very back of the vehicle, so you don't get the blind spots that you do with a traditional mirror. Because when you mount a mirror on your front windshield looking back, you're 90% of it is headrests, pillars. Yeah, you see a lot of the insides anyways. Yeah, but if you have your camera on the very back, it actually can work to your advantage. Um, it will take some getting used to, but there could be, yeah, a weight okay. advantage, privacy advantage. So as a, as a person, okay, so even with introduction of rear view cameras, I still do the whole 360. I look around and I when I back up, I look behind me. I don't stare down at the infotainment. Yeah, I feel like I get into this. I'm just gonna stare a blank. Like <laughs> it's gonna be so odd. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing with the a digital rearview mirror is that you you have your backup cam, and then you look up a little bit, and then you see your your rear cam, like yeah. to see the higher stuff. So yeah, it could it it could be useful. It's kind of interesting because we'll it's like you don't really need a rear window. You know what? Sooner or later, we're gonna have cars with no windows. Because it's like, oh, you know what? We got cameras everywhere. Mm. They're lighter. We'll just put aluminum sheets everywhere. It's yeah. gonna be safer. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's... No, no shards of glass flying in your eyes. Like, yeah. And it's you know, you park it on the streets. You don't have to worry about people, you know, breaking your windows. Well, it's like the you know the the future. You know, kind of like the Star Wars type of or Futurama kind of vehicles where you get in and it's just like a pod. There's no yeah. windows. <laughs> There's, like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the future of Polestar here. I mean, it's it's a good series of cars. Um, I mean, it's just looking at this, they're definitely aiming for more of the higher end audience than, um, mm -hmm. you know, your traditional automakers. And that's totally fine because that's what Polestar and Volvo has always been about. But excited to see what they come up with next here. But let's move on to something that is a little bit more less affordable. Exciting. Less exciting. Oh. <laughs> a little bit more affordable. Um, it's Subaru. Actually, you know what? Subaru and Volvo, they, they work together really well because they always have like dealerships right next to each other. They have very quirky customer base and they're all they're they have very loyal customers. They do have very loyal. Anyone that had a Subaru before, even if they have problems with it, they're like, oh yeah. I've gone through four or five head gaskets, but I would never buy another brand. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh, but they updated the Ascent 
so the Ascent is their three-row SUV, which actually it's one of the lowest priced three-row SUV because you can get a base model for like almost nothing. Um, and it has a good motor in it, that 2.4 turbo. It's, it's, it's a strong motor. Um, for 2023, you get an updated front end, which is very in line with the Forester and the, uh, the new Impreza and the new uh, Legacy as well. So it looks basically the same with that headlight design. Uh, there's a new front grille and bumper as well. Uh, there's also some new standard equipment. The infotainment, it's bigger now at 11.6 inches. Um, there's also wireless CarPlay and Android Auto, which is going to be nice. And EyeSight now has an automated evasive steering feature, which I I'm curious of how that works and how smart it'll be. Mm. Like, you know, you're going down two-lane road and the car in front of you suddenly breaks. Would it be smart enough for you that it'll dodge you left, but then there's an oncoming car on the left? Yeah, like you always see those videos, like someone swerves and then they hit someone else. And, yeah, it, yeah. At, at what point does it say, okay, if I hit the car in front of me, there's only one person in front of me, I'll be less likely to injure, you know, maybe this school bus that's coming down the left side. Oh no, it's it, it won't have it won't be ethical. Yeah, but like, you know, this evasive steering feature. What if you know it's taking over and then. You know, there's two choices, a very healthy, younger person in front of you versus a school bus full of kids on the left. What, what is it going to decide to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, you know, take the embankment off the right and roll down the hill is also an option. But <laughs> I'm curious, you know, how this evasive steering feature is going to work or if it's going to be like, if it senses vehicles on the side, it'll just hit the car in front because that's the best option anyways. But, mm. you know, ethical things aside, I really like the front end, the lower chrome, like little knobs that it has on the bottom. I don't know why. It reminds me of like Camaro SS or something. Yeah. Um, I I saw the, the headlights and I thought it's kind of uh gmc acadia <laughs> or like i think is is it the acadia that kind of has that c-shaped headlight um i just yeah. see forester because the forester updated in yeah this this front end looks better on the ascent than the forest the forester is not a great looking car i yeah. think this one can pull it off better i don't know no. why it's just um, bigger it's just bigger, yeah. It's just bigger. It has more space for it to work on. Mm -hmm. The Forester uh, is kind of squished. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely is a little bit more squished. Uh, there's going to be a new Onyx trim as well. Um, I didn't read into it, but I'm 100% <laughs> sure that it's some blacked out edition, isn't it? Yeah, it's black badges, black yeah. wheels. Uh, it's I guess it's for one of the lower trims. So it's got the... Uh, it it gives you panoramic sunroof as part of that package. Okay. The higher trims get panoramic sunroof, but um, this lets you get at a lower price point. And it's got cool seats because they're like this. They're called StarTex. Uh, oh, synthetic. like SoftTex for Toyota. Yeah, but they've got green stitching on the armrest, the seat, the dash a little bit. I like that. I like this move to back to synthetic. You know, because like people used to crap on vinyl interiors, but like 
vinyl mm. is is durable. It's it's easy to clean and I, 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 I think love. The, I think the problem with old when people think of old cars and vinyl, they're not thinking of like 2000 vinyl. They're thinking of like 80s vinyl. Yeah. That's the problem. Like like your school bus when you go seat, to a field trip. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's there's no styling in it. But these look like regular seats. They just happen to be vinyl. But they look yeah. good. Like you said, they, they absolutely look great. And I like the green stitching. I really like that because I think I saw that first on another Subaru. The I think it was a Crosstrek. And I was like, huh, green. That's different. And it was better yeah. than the orange that they generally did. I mean, I don't mind the orange, but green is also nice. Oh, the orange trims on that Forester Sport were tacky. <laughs> like the interior stuff you could kind of live with, but the exterior stuff was not great. Yeah. Yeah. And they showed this one with the brown leather interior. I'm going to assume that's the top trim and that actually looks pretty good as well. Yeah, nothing wrong with the Ascent, but it it is not a popular vehicle, at least here in Vancouver. Don't see a lot of them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are they are huge. They have a they have a vast interior and they have a lot of cup holders. I remember it was like 11 or 12 cup holders on them, mm-hmm. which like why? But hey, I mean, why not <laughs> at the same yeah. time? Um, what also received an update was the Crosstrek. So the 2023 Crosstrek, there's a new desert khaki exterior color with the special edition that they have. Um, I mean, really what it is, it's just a special edition with a different exterior color. That's really all it is. It's a little bit more money. And there's also special interior as well. I think it comes with that same uh, Softex, Startex seating surfaces uh, with a different color on the inside. And I think that's really it. Uh, something that's still you know, kind of weird is in the US, you can get the Crosstrek as a, a hybrid. Whereas here in Canada, you, you can't. It's just, it never made its way up here. Yeah, I think our market is just small that you can't support uh, something like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Crosstrek, not a bad buy. As we said kind of last week when we kind of just crushed the HRV, the little yeah. Crosstrek in the sport trim, I think it was, with the 2.5, really solid choice. Um, much better than that two liter. I wouldn't recommend the two liter if you can. Just upgrade to that two point five. You get a much more drive, like enjoyable driving experience, and the fuel economy hit is like minimal, if anything, because that two point five won't be working as hard anyways. Yeah, it it drives nice. I think everything is great about that car. Like it 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 doesn't it doesn't do one thing exceptionally, but it's got a good solid all wheel drive system. Solid power if you get the better engine it's the cross track is a is a solid car i think um i like it yeah actually one of our friends has one old one but yeah anyways moving on chevy chevy doesn't have that much news but they did release a photo that i really really like Mm. um they released the photo for the 2024 blazer evss so this is not going to actually be announced. Like the full details is going to be um, released on July 18th, but they release one photo of it. And from the one photo, it looks 
absolutely great. Much better than the blazer that we currently have, mm-hmm. uh, because no one really likes that blazer. It's such but, a flop. The current <laughs> blazer is overpriced, and it, it it is overpriced. When there were like dealer incentives, um, I remember you can get one for like I think it was like eight or nine thousand dollars off, mm-hmm. and that was just like regular dealer incentives. Uh, I, I don't mind the current blazer to be very honest. It's just it, like you said, it is overpriced. Uh, they updated for 2023, and I think it looks good. But this one, this 2024 EVSS, the front end, it's very distinctive. I love the overall shape of it as well. Um, I feel like it's not going to get as much hate as the Mustang got when the Mustang went to. Um, uh, like an electric SUV because a Blazer has always been an SUV, but a lot of people hate the current Blazer because it's not the old school K5. It's not the Bronco. But it's I don't think... The Jimmy. Yeah. But I don't think people are going to hate this Blazer because it's not one of those big honking off-road things. Yeah. No, and it just looks cool. Like It, it does. Okay, but here's the thing. is The, the current Blazer... In some trims looks cool, but MSRP on those trims is like well into the fifties. Yeah. Um, you know, when realistically you don't want to spend that much on this type of vehicle. Uh, well, I think because they're labeling as an SS, yeah. it is gonna be a higher priced vehicle. And it's an EV. So yeah. It, so it has to be expensive. This has to be more than it's gonna be over sixty. But oh, 100%. I'm thinking yeah. this is the same as that if uh Silverado EV pricing, like 80k, mm. because it is be a, a tough pill to swallow. It would be, but I think because it's an SS, it's going to have that same ultra medium, whatever they call it, platform. Mm. So it's the same battery technology and probably similar output as well to that Silverado EV. Yeah, it would be really fast and the reason why i think that and what i saw is people were like digging into this one photo and they saw that the uh bolt pattern on the wheels are six bolt matching their silverado rather than a completely new platform this is most likely shared and And the hummer and those are probably all six bolt too yeah but unlike the Hummer, hopefully this thing doesn't weigh like 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Or 9,000 pounds. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is good looking. There's a video that's on uh, Chevy's Instagram that you can see of like yeah. the door closing. And there's some like little bits and pieces that they tease. Yeah. But And it's, it's a- production ready. Like that is yeah. like a production car you're looking at. And it looks like it. Like, oh, like it, yeah. it lo- feels like the future, but it's like. It, it's relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't look like it's something that, you know, they're dreaming of for yeah. sure. Which the, some of the, like the Hummer kind of felt more distant than this. So. Yeah. And the Hummer, you can actually get, well, you can't really get one, but you can get one. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those things these days. Moving right along here, we got Nissan. Uh, Nissan updated their Ultima. When's the last time you saw an Ultima? When's the last time you service an Ultima? Uh, it's been a while. I, yeah. I've seen this gen probably a year ago. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. So the Ultima is not a, it's not a popular vehicle. Um, I mean, it's their most popular sedan, I think. It is. It should be more popular than the Sentra. I gotta. I should take a look at those numbers actually. Um, but it's more popular than the Maxima, the big one. But in the U.S., the Ultima gets more options than we do. Like you can get a VC turbo, so you can get a hot one. Um, but here in Canada, all of them are all-wheel drive, which kind of makes sense, you know, to compete with maybe like the Legacy. But like in a way it really isn't because the front wheel drive system isn't as good Mm -hmm. for 2023 they updated the exterior it does look better but is it good enough the the maxima is uh it's it's not a popular car in canada um it it's still okay in the in the u.s market but it's I don't know. It's all-wheel drive now, which you would think helps it because so the Camry and the Accord are still significantly more popular, like uh, ten times more popular, actually, uh, almost ten times more popular. And those don't. The Camry was getting all-wheel drive. I don't know if the Camry all-wheel yes. drive is out yet, but Camry, 2020 and 2021, the last two model years, uh, those cars way outperformed the Altima in terms of sales. Uh, this generation Ultima, I think it's it's okay, and yeah, yeah. There's really nothing that's like that's great about it. I'm just taking a look at um, sales. I have 2021 full year sales. All right, let's see. Uh, year to date. 2020 Nissan. I'm going to look at 2021 total sales. So cars, they have they sold 2,897 Versas, 10,017 um, Sentras. Oh, wow. I was very wrong. 1,218 Ultimas. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. The last two years combined was less than 3,000. It's a low-volume car, and that's what I mean, because you were talking about how we don't get that turbo engine, we don't get the front-wheel drive. It's because we don't even have the means to support so many models. Wow, 1,218 in all of 2021? Am I reading this right? Is this the 2021 fourth quarter yeah yeah this is uh it's, full... it's not a great year wow. for the ultima um at least here wow. in canada one thousand a thousand cars in all of 2021 is nothing i mean they sold 1400 in 2020 it's not better i mean let it be known the maxima is much worse they they sold like under 500 cars in 2021 like under 500 I mean, if you really want to talk about sad, they sold 19 370Zs. Like, <laughs> they sold 54 GTRs. They sold more GTRs than they did to the 370. Wow. Um, yeah, that's actually kind of crazy because I didn't think the uh, Ultima was that bad. I know the Sentra wasn't great, but I do see 
more Sentras than I do see Ultimas. So that does uh that certainly adds up. The Sentra makes sense. The Ultima at at the thirty something K price point, you have a lot of crossovers to choose from. Mm-hmm. So if you're just like a practical family person, that's what you go for. Yeah. Why? What is the appeal of the sedan? I don't get it. Like, just because you watch an episode of Top Gear where lower cars handle better, drive better, they're better on gas. Like, no, Jeremy Clarkson. But, uh, <laughs> but as a as a person that loved my Accord, that's why I love. That's why I stuck with it forever until I got a CRV. Yeah, like, and there's no. <laughs> You, you there's no trade-off like yes the crv handles worse than an accord at not the anymore limit. no not anymore <laughs> my crv handles amazing because even better uh, it, it has h&r lower. lowering springs on it which makes it significantly better than any other crv on the road hmm. <laughs> i feel like you don't agree with me on that maybe not not that much no. Uh, well, I don't think it drives that different from uh, <laughs> from uh, a cord. Oh, it's it has a cord wheels, has H and R lowering springs. It's basically an Accord. Yeah, Megan, with a four cylinder. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to the the update. Twenty twenty three Nissan Altima. Uh, they also updated not only the exterior but the interior. The biggest thing is really the infotainment screen, uh, completely new. And this one here is going to be the the new infotainment for all Nissan products. So this is actually huge. It's a widescreen unit. Uh, this hasn't been seen in any other Nissan products thus far. And it actually looks really good. Um, because of the lower profile of it, it's not like this huge screen that gets stacked on top. So it shouldn't hinder like visibility all that much. Um, and from what I can see, you still get like your climate controls on the bottom. So the screen is just full infotainment. That's really it. Uh, you still get a dedicated volume knob as well. So, I mean, in terms of the functionality of that, that looks pretty good. Uh, and of course, that will come down to, you know, the other Nissan products, which will be much more helpful than a car that only sells 1,218 in a year. That's, mm-hmm. it's just so sad. I, I can't believe it. Gosh. Yeah. There's probably more like supercars. And it, it absolutely is. Like $200,000 luxury cars that I'll sell oh. this car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Actually, you know what? Since we're on the topic of sad, let's scroll down to infinity sales. I'm curious. Um, because. Q50, 1,000. Q60, 307. QX50, their best and most popular SUV, 2,158. Yep. You know what? Okay, QX55 is not horrible at 484. And the reason why I say it's not horrible at 484 is it's because... It's a niche car. It's super niche. And... You know, considering that the QX50 S2000 at 500 quarter of it, it's actually not bad. It's not bad for the first year. I'm sure that will go down. QX60 was a thousand of them at the end of that year. That was the end of the cycle. So we should see a bump on that. Infinity is not doing well. Nissan and Infinity, they're not doing well as a as a brand. You know, just we know at this. Like, 
Yeah, just the Nissan products are, are so much better and cheaper, and there's no point for Infinity to exist. I think did the Richmond dealership close down? I think so. The Richmond Infinity? I think so. <laughs> they, I think so. Because they're, yeah, they're part of Applewood no, no, no. now. No, no, no. They they just combined, didn't they, with the Nissan that's there? I I guess so. Yeah. Because the Infinity, oh, you know what? The Infinity that's in um, False Creek is no longer there because that was taken over by Volvo. Oh, yeah. No, so no more. Hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. We're we're discovering some things here today on yeah. kicking tires. No, and I think it's a <laughs> it's a logical we we kind of called this in the past is that there's no reason to buy an infinity. They're just not nicer cars. You're paying more money for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is very true. You're not you're not getting anything additional to uh to what you would normally get with the nissans anyways because i was doing a little comparison between like the pathfinder and the qx60 and i couldn't really find reasons why you would pay more money for a qx60 and it's not like a little bit more the top trim of the pathfinder ends where the base trim of the qx60 ends Mm -hmm. or starts i should say so there's no overlap yeah and you know what manufacturers could just make one car better and it would cost less in terms of price like like their r&d costs and like tooling for one vehicle versus a, a normal car and a luxury car i think this whole luxury brand thing is very it you know mazda's got it right in the sense that mazda yeah. is just like we're just going to improve our cars we don't need to nerf one model to appease the luxury brand so just make the best car you can uh and just make one of them you don't need that i think people back in the day were more brand focused like i need to be driving and flexing a quote-unquote luxury brand yeah but i don't think people are really about that life anymore at least not with the the japanese cars well not only that but like low-end cars have gotten so much better yeah because it's, it's just competitive um, yeah so yeah you got to give pe- people a reason to step up to your luxury brand but i think i think yeah had they had nissan not have wasted their money trying to develop infinity th- their cars would have been so much more competitive yeah right it's very just, po- just focus on fighting honda and toyota don't don't try to make an Acura or Lexus. Yeah. Because yeah. I think Nissan out of the three Japanese manufacturers, they're the worst when it comes to like their step up models. Because yeah. like the the QX60 is exactly Pathfinder. It's yeah. always been. Um, but like it hasn't been that much of an improvement. Whereas like the MDX versus a pilot, there's huge improvements yeah. on the two and vehicles. It's like 25 years ago where cars you'd have to brag about having power everything power a base anything now has power everything you know what that's a good point i don't think i've seen any base model new vehicles with like manual wind up windows anymore i think the yeah, last one was power like, door locks keyless entry like these are all really standard stuff these days i think the last one i saw was the mitsubishi mirage if they ever if they still sell that 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, because before kind of like you had like your your Honda Civic and then your Acura EL, and there's a big like standard equipment stuff. You're like, oh, I might as well get the EL. It's the same price as like a loaded up Civic, but it's yeah, nice. You get Bluetooth now. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> the Mirage is such a terrible car. I have a friend who asked me if, if she should get it. I'm like, hell no. Like, mm. I I drove that thing. It is it is a miserable car. It is not even that great on gas. It's so unrefined. Like it's it's a third world country level of refinement. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think the base model, the ES model, comes with wind up windows because the SE. One of the key features is power windows. <laughs> so yeah, because those are all the upgrades. Yeah, I think the base Mirage. So you comes can with... still get a car with manual windows. Yeah, well, you really shouldn't. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't get this car. You know what? I'm just going to double check. Oh, can I do a Dude, window search? You know, speaking of. Uh... Onyx edition. Even the Mirage has a black edition, a carbon <laughs> edition. Like it's it's so played out this whole blacked out trim thing, but people love it, right? Like it I, is. It does look better in a lot of cars. Like slapping gloss black wheels and black badging on a car does make it make it look sportier. Yeah, it's not. I I hate black out wheels. I hate black old wheels. It scratches easier because it's always a paint. Mm-hmm. It hides in all the photos so you can't see it. It gets dirty really quickly because it's black. It'll just turn gray over time. Like, there's no fundamental reason why black wheels should be a thing. It I hate cool. No, it doesn't. It like, really look doesn't. at that. Like, a like a pilot black edition versus a you know what's one. dumb about P- pilot black edition the badges aren't black yes <laughs> they didn't have that budget to make they, all the it says black edition on the back in chrome lettering like yeah. why oh anyways the pilot one's weird anyways let's move on um this is not from ford official um got this from auto blog but there's uh, spy captures, not really even spy captures. There's just captures of the uh, the 2023 Ford Escape. So the Escape's been around for a while. The front end looks like the, well, the 2023 HRV, really, um, <laughs> if anything. But this update makes it actually look pretty good, I think. That front end looks decent. Yeah, the, 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 the outgoing model or the current model is not a great looking car like it's so generic and and just soft uh yeah. i really didn't like what they did with this generation escape i like both prior generations escapes i think they yeah you know, it was it's more a, it's called an escape like it should be an escape <laughs> i think what look they... a little bit off-road <laughs> well what they did is with the escape is like they're like oh this one's more for like you know the urban environment yeah but if you want something that's outside you get the bronco sport yeah i think but I, so the the previous generation was a lot softer like a smoothed out version the, mm. the third generation say compared to the first and second yeah were shared with the mazda tribute yeah um the third generation was a lot rounder 
but it still had a, like a like a decent look to it like yeah um but yeah this one the, the current one is just like the chubby bunny look and <laughs> i just don't like it it's just smiling at you I, and i <laughs> i get what they did you're right because like they, they kind of it kind of played an old school trick which is like this one is for the ladies this yeah. one is for the guys like we know it's not politically correct to brand them this way but that was their thinking and maybe it worked maybe it didn't because every you know, guy loves the bronco sport yeah but you know what all the ladies that i talk to love the bronco sport as well exactly they see it and they're like <laughs> that is so charming it's like a cute little yeah because it's not as aggressive as a, a wrangler like you know yeah. just like that's that's a cute little cool looking car that i you know that's it's, the thing is it's a traditional gender roles are are no longer the thing in 2022 yeah, you don't need to make a feminine model and a masculine model. Yeah, you <laughs> really don't. It's it's so weird, but I guess yeah. like you know, for this one, this 2023 update on the front end, it does a lot look more, more aggressive. A lot more aggressive. In some ways, it's more masculine. I don't like to use that term to describe cars anymore because it's really not. But the LED light bar looks cool. It's kind of like taken from the lightning. Uh, the headlights look good, and the grill, it just reminds me of, like, the, the Mach-E grill, because it has yeah. that kind of more squared-off opening um, than the current Escape, which is from the Focus, really. Because yeah. the current it looks Escape... very Ford Edge to me. Like, yeah. Has... Yeah, it looks... Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does have, like, a Ford Edge kind of feel to it. Um, the back end doesn't look like it got really any of an update, uh, but I think it's, you know, it's a decent-looking vehicle, and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it'll attract some buyers back to the escape because well, like yeah because like, like not Nissan. everyone needs a bronco sport because yeah. i think the bronco sport it's everyone wants to look at it it looks cool but you get inside and it's it's hard edges here and there like it's it's yeah. it's rougher around the edges than this than the mainstream crossover that you need to compete with the crv the rav4 the rogue these kind of cars mm -hmm. The Bronco Sport is not really it. Uh, you know, you make some compromises here and there for the more rugged look and feel. Um, that yeah, the Escape needs to be competitive. Yeah, and the Escape comes with more powertrain choices as well. Because the Bronco Sport, you can only get the two-liter turbo, or there's a nationally aspirated version as well. I think. Um, whereas the escape, you can get the hybrid as well as a plug-in hybrid. Oh, the hybrid is very good too. Yeah, it's, it's better efficiency than the Rav Four hybrid. Yeah, remember when we looked at that? We're like, oh, kind of surprised. Because yeah. like, a friend asked me, like, can because I think they were offered a company car. It was either the Escape Hybrid or the Prius, and oh, the Escape Hybrid is almost hybrid. as good on gas as the Prius, and yeah. it's way bigger. Yeah, so just go for the Escape it, Hybrid. It just makes sense. What, yeah, the. The thing is, they have a plug-in hybrid. But the plug-in hybrid is front-wheel drive only, mm. which is really weird. But the same system in the Lincoln MKC, I think it's called. I think it's still called the MKC. That comes with all-wheel drive. Uh, maybe it's a pricing thing because it just costs too much. <sighs> well, I mean... Because, like, before... Okay, before this whole pandemic stuff, the RAV4 Prime was considered overpriced. 
now it's insane. But even <laughs> even then, it was pretty Most overpriced. Like fifty k for a Rav Four Prime, people were not really down with it, right? Like, but that's Toyota. Toyota can pull that thing off. Yeah, but I was for wrong. Ford to ask you for fifty k for an Escape Prime, you know that is. Uh, you know, we always got to consider what the, the pricing and the value and whether they can actually move them. Um, it's no longer called a MKC. It's called the Corsair. Yes. I forgot they changed all their names. car, actually. Yeah. It's not bad, but... A lot better looking than... 47,000 to start. It, is it bigger? It looks bigger. It's the same size. It's the same... It's a sheet metal difference. The yeah. Grand Touring, so the plug-in hybrid, it's 60. Which, compared to um, a RAV4 Prime, it's the exact same price. But like, <laughs> $60,000 seems like a lot. Oh, you can get... Oh, adaptive suspension is included. You know what? Sixty k for a Corsair? I mean, I don't know the range and stuff on it. But doesn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. In in the days of like $80,000 RAV4 primes. I mean, that's what I'm comparing. Yeah, like that's a legitimate uh, alternative. Yeah. And better inside. Much better RAV4. inside. Much more luxurious. Yeah. Better dealer network, range. potentially. 28 miles. So oh, is it the limited range to 28 miles? 45K? Let's say 40. Yeah, definitely less. Because RAV4 Prime, I think, does like 60Ks Mm. or 70Ks. It's it's, it's higher than most. Yeah, but when you drive a Prime, you see the range drop like pretty Mm. quickly. Yeah. Definitely uh, cannot do what they claim. Well, yeah. Small battery. It's not as bad as... I had an X3 plug-in hybrid. Estimated was 30 kilometers mm. i don't think i ever got more than 20 nice it was it was not worth it at all um yeah. <laughs> technically the 40k is all you need 40 i think 40 is a good number 40 good is number. it covers 90 percent of the commute for 90 percent of people yeah right like yeah, yeah i, I a, think it, it's a definitely a good amount if you use a liter of gas a day then so be it what, right. Yeah, I mean, with the hybrid system that's there, what's the the leader that you're going to use? It's going to take you forever anyway. So, I think that's totally fine. Oh, never mind. Um, on the used, not even the used market on Craigslist, there's Corsairs for seventy five k. That's the only one available, seventy five, mm-hmm. or well, seventy four. But anyways, way too much. Let's move on. The most exciting topic of today. Justin's next vehicle that he's going to buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe, the... maybe. So what we're talking about here is the next generation of the BMW M2. Not fully released. BMW has some spy shots of their own car which is kind of weird yeah but... yeah so it's it's a camouflage <laughs> but it's like it's a stylized camouflage right it's not like the ones you see online on like 
those, those Nurburgring spy shots. It's like, you know, not like garbage bags over stuff, but <laughs> it's camouflaged, um, but it's not, you can see the overall shape of the car. Uh, so it's a new M2 G87 chassis, uh, very heavily influenced by the current M3 and M4, except it doesn't seem that, definitely doesn't seem like it has the big buck tooth grill. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you think about it, the 4 Series does not have a buck tooth. Or the 4 Series does have a buck tooth grill, which is why the M4 has it and also the M3 subsequently. But the 2 Series does not have a Bucktooth grill, so this one has a more rectangular grill, which if some people have peeled back the rendering and... Or not the rendering, the peeled back the camouflage, you know, and just looked at the hard lines, and they're like, kind of made this rendering of what it should look like, and it doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look as good as the 240s front end, in my opinion, because it's very rectangular. Um, you know, I'm not, I have nothing against the, the giant grill either, personally, on the M3 and 4 at least. It's terrible on a 440i. Um, it's, it's so ugly, but on the M cars, I, I can, I can live with it. And especially a modified one. Uh, it has the same problem as the M3 and M4, which is the front wheel arch opening is too big for the tire size that they fit on there. Um, so the pictures of it driving around the front tire looks undersized. Uh, it's only because they cut it too big, but the M3 has a problem and everyone lowers it and it looks way better. Uh, or just put a more aggressive, bigger tire on it, and you'll be happy with that too. Um, but cool stuff, right? Because everyone is speculating, what kind of engine are we getting in the M2? Is it going to be a B58? Is it going to be, uh, you know, something kind of lower end from the BMW spectrum? But they gave it, supposedly, it's going to get the full uh, M3 engine, which is the S58. Uh, so with the previous generation M- M2 and the, the 1M before it, these are kind of the, the baby M cars, the 1M got kind of a tuned up version of a 135, 335i engine. The M2 got a tuned up version of the 1M, or not, of the uh, 235 engine as well. Uh, but the M2, this generation is just going straight to the M engine, uh, which the M2 competition and the M2 CS both got the M4 engine in the end, the last two, th- three, three model years, 2019 to 21, they all got the the full on M engine. So I guess BMW doesn't have that many engines to choose from. So they just give it their best one. And yeah, S58 is, is probably the, the optimal choice um performance wise they're saying that this this is equivalent performance to the outgoing m2 cs i think that's an understatement i think they just say that to keep the m2 cs people happy because the m2 cs is not even that much better than the m2 comp the m2 cs has the bubble roof the carbon roof uh it's a little bit of weight savings and a little bit of a software tune and adaptive suspension. And that's about it. Uh, more aggressive tires, but tires you can anyone can do. Realistically, 
an M2CS, you know, again, prior to all the price craziness, an M2CS was 30K more than an M2 comp. And for that, for five to 6K in the aftermarket, you could probably make an M2 comp faster than a CS. Um, definitely less than 10K performance difference, but everyone goes after a CS because it has a unique roof. It has comes in unique colors and it's the collector's item. Um, if you want to, if you're that type of person that looks at cars as an investment, if you're that much of a loser, uh, the CS is for you, but I am not a big fan of the CS. I love the comp. I love the normal M2, but the, the CS to me is just, it's not worth what they, the, the, the car substance wise is not there, but I think this new M2, because it's getting adaptive suspension right out of the box, it's getting the M3 engine right out of the box. It's going to have way more power than that CS, which is get which has a previous generation M3 engine. This new one is a lot faster, mm -hmm. um, even without tuning it or anything. And they're, you know what? With the new M2, they're gonna they're gonna claim lower power numbers than the than the G80 M3. But realistically, it's exactly the same. Uh, they always do that. I don't know why, um, but to push it even further, the M2 the new M2 is getting uh, optional extras, including a carbon roof and carbon buckets, which those are kind of the M3 options. So they're really trickling down that whole M experience into the two. Mm -hmm. The previous generation M2, you, you really only got what they gave you. Um, you didn't get a carbon roof. And because of it, you didn't get as much weight savings on the M2. And if you look at the numbers, a lot of people don't believe me, but if you look at the numbers between an M2 comp and an M4, say a 2016 M4, the, the, the kind you find on a Craigslist all day long versus an M2 comp, even though everyone's like, oh, the comp, it's so much smaller, it's so much lighter. They weigh within like a hundred pounds of each other because the M4, you can get that with the lightweight roof. All the car has stuff. lightweight panels. Uh, Whereas the M2 is very much like a normal body, right. um, very wide body. And this new one looks to be just as wide because the rear fenders are super wide compared to the normal 240. Uh, it looks like it's getting double staggered wheels. So it's getting wider and larger diameter wheels in the back based on the spy shots. Um, it looks like it's getting the update interior uh, that we've seen on which cars have we seen on X3 is getting it? Uh, X3, X7. The yeah. With the big wide three rectangular series. screen that goes kind of, it's not one screen, but it looks like it's one screen going to the middle of the dash and yeah. losing the, the one to eight buttons uh, that some people liked. I never, actually near the end, I did use those <laughs> shortcuts, but I didn't think they were that useful. Because I, there's there's a few screens I like to shortcut that I like to use, and they don't allow shortcuts. Like mm. the sport display cannot shortcut, and I think tire pressure you can't shortcut it. Mm. So it was really just for media stuff, which I always I don't really change it around. And everyone just uses CarPlay these days. Yeah, then yeah. there's really no need. Um, I want to play a game, like 
we're, we're talking about M2 and M2CS. Um, I went on Craigslist, which is my go-to. How much do you think an M2CS is for sale for here in Vancouver? 125K. Oh, it went over. 120, actually. Oh, okay. You're so close. Yeah. How much is a comp? Uh, 75. Yeah, exactly. It's not 50K more car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, it's a 2019 M2 comp. I mean, sure, it's a year older, but like... Yeah. No, but even if you go to like a 2020 or 2021, there's still only like 80K because uh, that's basically MSRP as well. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not... They're still like 40% markup between going... Like a 40% jump going from a M2 comp to a CS. So it's just not worth the the money now comparing the regular m2 the n55 m2 which is what i had to 2016 to 2018 going up from that to a comp is worth it because there's only about 10 to 15k but you do get better seats and a way better brakes and a better engine and so it's worth it because you can't replicate that in the aftermarket. But the CS, you're getting the same engine, you're getting the same brakes, you're getting the same seats. Uh, so really, you're not you're not getting a huge jump. You and would. the price difference between an M2 and an M2 comp is like 20k. You know, if you go mileage, same mileage, but they're they're older model years too. What's wrong with this front end? There's some that... the wheels are wrong. This is the wheels that's wrong. The wheels are wrong, and it's got a chrome grill, which is what it came with from factory. This okay. is a pre pre facelift, so yeah. Mine was a 2018. Uh, so there's so many versions because the 2016 and 17 had the pre facelift uh, front end, so the the headlights aren't full LED. So it's got the ugly reflector uh, incandescent turn mm. signal bulb that looks really off. Uh, looks really cheap. So 2018 they upgraded that. Um, but 2018 is only a one-year car because the year after they gave it the new engine, so uh, they just went competition for the next one. So mm. um, okay, no M2, it's it's an exciting car because yeah, it's coming gonna come in manual and automatic. It has a lot of potential. If this car is 75, 80k where the current comp sits, it's a tremendous value um yeah it's because okay the m3 starts at 95 ish uh for a base manual rear wheel drive yeah um but you're not walking out of there anything close to that um i most, can most i think most people that buy them these days they're, they're opting for additional equipment well, on because their cars. um because the manual rear wheel drive you you don't go too crazy. It's because that's the spec that you want. That's that's the cheapest one. But if you want the the X drive and you want the automatic and stuff, then you can. The sky's the limit. But mm. if you wanted the the rear wheel drive one, I don't think you would go too crazy. The base price on the M three is only eighty six eight. Yeah, and M4's, that seems like a good value. M four is ninety one. Yeah, and. So at 86, so if this is 78, 80K, this is a really fast car for the money. This is going to run, 
okay the supra is already faster than a gt4 i i can guarantee it because i just you know everyone looks at porsche because like that is the kind of performance benchmark wait but sorry what the supra is faster than the gt4 the supra is faster than a gt4 like in a straight line or around a track around a track it's it just is there is so you you doubled the the amount of money that you paid on the car yep. but you're not going any faster. i always tell people don't buy a gt4 <laughs> like, like, like i am the worst i'm the biggest hypocrite don't buy it let me buy it but you don't buy it let me yeah. buy it because people ask me like should i get that car like hell no i mean Okay, people realistically buy it because it's an investment. It's it's a very safe car to put your money in. But the way the tax structure works these days, it's really not worthwhile because a Supra with tax in is about 80. And a GT4, even a fairly base one, is 170 tax in. Like... If you want to talk, sure, the car will not depreciate. Percentage-wise, it will depreciate very little if you were to keep it for five years. It may not even depreciate at all. But you could have put that 90K into a really reasonable down payment towards an actual investment. Yeah, there's, there's way better ways to invest your money. And you end up with a faster car that's more comfortable, sounds better, cheaper to maintain there, there's just so many reasons to go supra over gd4 um and i think this m2 is potentially potentially the the car to get because they have to keep the price lower than the than the m3 and the m3 is not poorly equipped in the sense that at least you get comfort access at least you get comfort access standard. I, I love how that's always like the, the baseline. It is so you... ridiculous that they could <laughs> offer cars without comfort access and make you get the premium package. Because I'm looking at the M3 options, right? And premium package seems like it would be the most popular one. And, and I could live without the Harman card. I could live without the head-up display. I could live without heated rear seats. I could live without a home link garage door opener i could live without a power trunk because it's just more weight um but i don't want you, any of that stuff can you live without the m carbon package though <laughs> it's what, it's so ridiculous what about m drive pro and shadow line headlights that's nineteen thousand two hundred dollars jesus yeah but this car i think the m3 is is a tremendous value. Uh, well, um, if we're talking about value, I'm looking at the M4 CSL. It's only 170,000. Yeah, BMW's <laughs> like special trims are never worth it. Because I, I don't know I was, if you remember the GTS. The GTS was yes. that cage M4. Yeah. Had the meth injection, had a really poorly welded cage, like with, with I, boogers on the weld. Yeah, like, I, remember, I remember. Really nice, that. really nice taillights. The best taillights on any production car <laughs> of that era. Um, that car was so expensive. It cost two M4s to get one GTS, like if not more. And 
someone tried to ask 600k for it but it's not going for 600k because you're at that price point you're <laughs> that's not a <laughs> not a good look the m4 gts roll cage welds yeah. uh yeah that copper bronze um but yeah m3 i'm a big fan of this m3 i don't know how i can get one but maybe i gotta trade in the supra maybe i gotta trade it up i just Trade trade up on the Supra and then get another car that's slower. This one is faster. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is faster. Well, and, I mean, you know, if you're going up on cars that's slower, I think you should trade up the uh, the the GT4 for like a 911 GT3 Touring. Oh, they won't give you one. I asked today actually. I'm like, <laughs> what's the trade? What is the allocation process uh, for 911 or touring? Yeah, for GT3. Oh, GT3. Okay. Yeah. They're like, uh, you're not at the level. <laughs> you're only GT4. You can get GT4 and lower, but not any higher than that. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love the allocation and what you have to kind of run through and go through. I'm mm-hmm. I'm staggered that the M4 CSL is 170. I thought it was less than that for some reason. Yeah, I and thought... it's like if you don't want, if you want a manual, then you just get the the cheap one. The I mean, cheap, I... that's the only way you get the manual, anyways. Yeah, and even but... if you load that up, it's only you can't load it up that much. I think it's an additional almost 20k in options mm-hmm. if you want to get everything. Yeah, 20k of options at this for this kind of car is not that yeah. crazy. It's you're just scratching the surface with a with a P car. Yeah. With 20k of options. Yeah. Gosh. That's a uh, all right, let's see. M4 comp. Top trim. Yeah, you can still add all the other stuff. Ultimate package, premium package, driver assistance. Oh, you can still get the M Sport seats. Yeah. Cool. I think that's really it for this week. Anything else you want to run through? No. I think that is it. Yeah. We got some good insight on cars that you shouldn't buy, like a GT4. Mm-hmm. Uh, cars you should buy, like the future M2, the upcoming M2. Like the upcoming and M2. It's not going to look perfect. Trust. Like they. It's not going to look perfect, but you can do things to it to make it look better. Uh, you know, the what? old one was pretty much perfect, right? Like F87 M2. I think there's no bad angles on that car. You know what? The M- 1M. Oh, actually, you know what? I will add with one closing remark is <laughs> the 1M is an ugly car. Ooh. All 1 series are ugly. Ooh. I think they still go for a really high. They go for MDC. so much, and you know what? Get an M2 because the oh. new M2 is going to be cheaper than buying a ten-year-old one M. It won't blow up like a ten-year-old one M. It's not and as much as I thought. That car has they they've lowered the price on it. That's why. Okay. Yeah, because they know they're delusional trying to sell 90 k because well, I just there's this one here it. for hundred and ten. They're never getting it. And then people are like, I'm not in a rush to sell. 
good luck. Like we know you're not in a rush. Like you will, you know that 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 meme of like the guy, the skeleton, like waiting for oh, yeah. <laughs> that's waiting that's for off to actually sell his car is the people asking over a hundred K for one M's because they're not that special to drive because most of the stuff is carried over from an E90 M3 anyways. Right. They're ugly because everyone knows the one series proportionally is not a pretty car. And just by making it wider, it makes it cooler, but it doesn't make it prettier. Like it does make it prettier a little bit, but it doesn't make it a, a pretty car. Uh, but yeah, that is my top tip. I don't think that car is going to appreciate much in the near future because the, the stuff that's coming out just is so much better. Yeah. There, there are better options out there. Um, and actually speaking of better options, I think you got to talk to, uh, to crystal here. She has a the 2022 GT three, GT three for 400 K when a, when a new one is the MSRP yeah. is 200. Yeah. But look at it. It has a manual thing in the middle and a fire extinguisher on the right. Nice. You need this. Okay, that's it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you everyone for uh for tuning in this week and we'll see you next week for more automotive news. See you guys next week.